Ultra. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and lay away Spider-Man 3, one (laughs) hand-raising minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. (laughs) And today we're talking about Minute 5, which begins with Peter glaring at uh, the spitball guy from yesterday Mm -hmm. and uh, and ends with uh, Peter trying to find his seat at uh, MJ's play. Heck yeah, it does. Yeah. We're, uh, we're establishing all aspects of his life and current predicament right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it might be worth, uh, in the interim, since yesterday's episode, I went and tried to hunt down the identity of Mr. Spitball Guy. And I, I, I think some, some, some fun things spun out of that, oh. if, if you'll indulge me. Okay. I'll always so, indulge you, Zach. Oh, thank you, thank you, Scott. So, uh, in that's what this whole podcast is. <laughs> so, in a in a commentary track from uh, the Spider-Man Three Blu-ray, uh, Avi Arad identified Spitball Guy as a storyboard artist, and uh, I was like, okay, storyboard artist. So they there's somebody there that they wanted to like throw in a little cameo for, have some fun with it, and I went. Went hunting. There are eight male storyboard artists credited on the film. Uh, there's a few female ones as well, but the spitball guy seems like a male presenting person, so I f- felt like that was a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a few of them. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, uh, Jeff Henderson, David Lowry, Steve Markowski, who will sometimes do the um, storyboards, Rick Newsom, Ryan Jeremy Woodward, Christopher Gla- uh, Glass, Rusty Gilligan. You know, a few people. That's a lot of storyboards. But I found artists. an. Yeah, um, because a thing that, that Sam likes to do is, as much as possible, get a really good handle on storyboarding literally everything, even if they're not going to use the boards on the day. Um, but sometimes, this is a habit he's gotten into since his uh, Evil Dead days, if there's some sequences on the film that don't require actors to be on them, if he's been working with a storyboard artist for a while, he will sometimes let them direct sections of the film because they're the person he's been working with to visually figure out the timing of the shots Whoa. and the scenes and stuff like that. So by the time Spider-Man 3 rolls around, there is there are a couple storyboard artists who do that. David Lowry is one of them. Um, Jeff Henderson is another. And uh, this guy, oh, his name is, yes, Jeffrey Lynch. So here's the thing about Jeffrey Lynch. By the time he got around to Spider-Man 3, he's no longer credited as a storyboard artist. He is the number one, the first one that's credited, second unit director of Spider-Man 3. Wow. And so, like, he's had a working relationship with Sam Raimi for a long time, and now he's the, um, the most trusted second unit director that he has. So, like, so oh. Avi Arad calling him the storyboard artist was kind of a backhanded dick, I guess. Kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of a dick, a dick move there, yeah. yeah. And I've... I've Looked up some some um, uh, images. You know, he has a mustache nowadays, but I'm pretty sure 
that this is Jeffrey Lynch, the second AD. I mean, not the second AD, the second unit director. Oh. Second unit director on the show. And um, it, it wouldn't make sense to have like a close friend of Sam's be the one who gets to do the thing that I'm sure Sam wanted to do um, <laughs> <laughs> more than anything uh, to harass him. Uh, could not find the identity of his uh, his uh, accomplice there. His mini-me? The sp- yeah, his mini-me. But, you know, he's the one that gets the FaceTime. Just that little, like, what? What do you want? Yeah. Look. He's <laughs> got a camel on his shirt. Yeah, he's like, get out of here. Oh, that is a camel. Look at that. <laughs> it's like... Look at that. Look at that. It's a camel. Yeah. Well, I'm just... Usually you can't have, like, a graphic design... Um, Maybe we'll talk more about this next week when we have uh, another person who has some experience uh, being uh, on set in these scenes. But generally speaking, if you're an unnamed character in a film, you will never have a graphic thing on your shirt because those have to be cleared um, by the, uh, I'm not even sure, by the legal department, basically. Uh, Anytime you have like an artist's work or a brand name or something Mm. on your shirt. Uh, that has to be specifically clear. Well, so normally but, when the, but, yeah, but yeah. he is a storyboard artist, so perhaps he made this shirt himself. Ooh, totally possible. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, and he made it all kind of monochrome so that he they could still, if he was blurred out, you'd still like be fine, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't like distract in any yeah. way. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, we also have... Uh, Spider-Man's other nemesis in this scene, P- possibly his like biggest villain he deals with. Um, oh, was that later? Oh, I'm I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just saying the mirror, the mirror guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So before thing. we get to the mirror guy, yeah, uh, there's somebody else. Yeah, someone kind of important. Um, eh. could could be more important. However, <laughs> Fortun- possibly, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, we have uh, Miss Bryce Dallas Howard as uh, yes. Gwen Stacy, um, who is uh, playing the role as we'll as we'll go along, playing the role uh, sort of as like this weird. It's 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 interesting because like the take on Gwen Stacy that they go with in this, and it's not really it's not really super relevant to her performance necessarily. It's more of just like on the page. Yes. The version of this of this character that they're writing, or like you know how we talk a lot about how uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst's um, um, take Mary on Mary Jane, Jane is. is sort of like this combination of Mary Jane and, uh, or like later days Mary Jane and uh, uh, Gwen Stacy, and right. they sort of like combine those two things and then added the girl next door element which is always been there with Mary Jane, but like she doesn't show up until later. So it's a little muddled, but it's there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so like, there's like this kind of like a, just like a real, like uh, a moosh boosh of lots of, <laughs> lots of like uh, love life characters in, uh, in, in, in Peter Parker's uh, comics career. Um, yes. And here with this Gwen Stacy, they do this thing where they, they take, Gwen Stacy and they add they take the Gwen Stacy parts that aren't in the Mary Jane stuff and then they take yes. the Mary Jane stuff that isn't in the Mary Jane stuff and they marry those two things together and then create another character that isn't right. Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane but looks like Gwen Stacy it's 
such a weird choice. It's such a weird choice. <laughs> yeah, and understandable, I guess, that like, well, we already did the, a lot of the iconic Gwen Stacy stuff. We've already given that. Yeah. Stuff, so we have to make it distinct, but you end up with this like mirror dimension nega character. I'm I'm not saying like, oh, she's the evil version of whatever. No, I just mean like, it's totally different. Right. And and slightly bizarre. Right. I, I, I just don't yeah. know why this is Gwen Stacy, I guess, ultimately. And and and, right. and this is just more in like a like a like a theoretical standpoint. Um mm-hmm. like I understand like well they were gonna have Captain Stacy, so you might as well have this be Gwen Stacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but mm-hmm. but I it makes so much more sense if this is Felicia Hardy. Um and yeah. and and to be totally honest, Felicia Hardy had more of a connection in pop culture at this point than Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy was largely forgotten as a character yeah, with by the early 2000s. Yeah, in the yeah. early 2000s like she, she basically didn't exist. Um cuz she was dead in mm. ma- main continuity. There was no Spider-Gwen yet. There was no I don't even know if Gwen Stacy had popped up in Ultimate Comics yet. She she is in Ultimate Com- I mean this was 2007ish. So she had popped up in the comics by then, but that was a you know, Bendis did the like rocker chick version of Gwen. Right, you know, right. where she was like the troublemaker with a knife and stuff right, and all that. Right. Um, troublemaker the, with a knife. Jesus, Bendis. <laughs> and the one of the symbiotes ends up killing her. Oh, right. Thing. Yeah. Um, that series is pretty good, but it has some Bendisisms. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there was like, yeah, let's do an updated version of Gwen, but it was very much a non-thing like at this point in time is like oh you know spider-man who's spider-man with mary jane yeah spider-man's with mary, mary jane who's the girl in his life mary jane obviously right um but at least so the why... but at least the 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 cartoon but the, had the, the cartoon had felicia, had felicia. yeah yeah that was the and love triangle the... was felicia and yeah, mary when people jane made yeah comparisons it was about like oh boy like you know spider-man is getting uh tempted by felicia hardy or you know and she's got sometimes has superpowers like him and maybe has more in common with her. Like that was the thrust of it all. It was not the, you know, what is it? The Romita years, the college years where um, like, you know, there's all these like fun kids and they've got a group of friends doing their thing. No, it was very much who's Gwen Stacy. Right. Right. Which is nuts now because she's like, I think currently now the, the most known Spider-Man lady right now. Uh I like maybe I, I would say they're about equal footing at this point, Gwen and Mary Jane. That's fair. I think yeah. I think they're about equal footing because I think because the the new alt take on her is so big now. Right. But it's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 I think that there are still some people who have only seen these Spider Man movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So I think I think they they're still in uh, Mary Jane Town. Um, those particular people, but uh, <laughs> Mary Jane Town. Mary Jane Town. Um, <laughs> Let's be in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I will say this: um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, I remember the big, the the big like funny thing with this was just like, like okay, so you got the redhead and you made her blonde, and then you got <laughs> the blonde and you made her redhead, <laughs> <laughs> and yet 
it works. Like it does. I'm I'm I I remember first seeing Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy, who like at this time, like I remember Gwen Stacy because I had read Blue, uh, Spider-Man Blue, Blue and was like obsessed yeah. with it. And yeah. and she looks like a Ramita drawing come to life. Like it is striking. It yeah. is insane. Yeah. How great she looks in this part. Um and you know, and she does the best she can with what she's given. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and Bryce Dallas Howard, great. I'm a big fan. I really like I, Bryce I Dallas Howard excellent. a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I wish that she had been uh, given more to do here. I I actually believe that she would have been a better Felicia Hardy than a Gwen Stacy. Um, but oh, totally. that's just because yeah. I think Felicia Hardy, you could have made. I think I think making. Um, I think making this character, this, this sort of like side love interest, a sort of a wet noodle of a character, um, Mm. is a mistake because it's not like uh, nothing against, (laughs) nothing against Mary Jane because, you know, she is, uh, uh, more of a, of a confident, well-rounded character than I think a lot of people give her credit for. But when you compare her to a wet noodle, like... Gwen Stacy here, um, she it's not that much of a stark difference, unfortunately. Yeah. I think if you had had a, a, a more uh, romantically aggressive Felicia Hardy as yeah. the counterpoint to Mary Jane in this movie, I think it would have made more sense. I like as a as a counterpoint, you know. Yeah. Um, then then this, I think this is a mistake. I also think that having an aggressive Felicia Hardy who is aggressively telling Eddie Brock to, you know, <laughs> leave her alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense to me than, uh, than wet noodle Gwen Stacy. Like it doesn't make me as sad as this does. Like her situation <laughs> in this movie is, is just, it makes me feel bad in my I'm bones. Like, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I don't, I don't like it. She has, she just gets used by two different people. Um, yeah, and then disappears from the movie entirely. Just sort of vanishes into the ether. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which is that thing from earlier in the week where originally at the end of the film she was going to be the, uh, um, the damseled person or whatever, sure, or something like that. Right. And then, then Mary J can get Harry on board type of stuff. Like there's, there's something there, there. But what we get is just kind of, eh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just eh. again, this is not on Bryce at all. She is fantastic. Um, but this isn't, this doesn't really work. And it slightly feels like retreaded ground in that, like, like what, what Peter, you just have like a crush on a girl in your class. Like that's, I don't know. It's, it's simultaneously not distinct enough from the Mary Jane stuff, but also not like making a strong enough choice to make that parallel. Like if the parallel was just like, oh, I was the special girl in his eye because, you know, the the one that he saw in class and wished he could have or whatever. And now she's taken that from me or whatever. And they're doing photo shoots or whatever. And I, upside like, down you know, kisses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of there, but it's not fully there. Right. But but they make her different enough that that doesn't totally track. But it's not different enough that it feels like a actual story choice right so i'm just sort of in this middle ground where i'm like well they're trying right and i think part of the problem is that they are trying to balance uh peter's likability toward his jerkiness his jerky jerkness um and so they're trying to keep him in in the innocent zone which is that i truly believe 
that Peter does not have a crush on Gwen Stacy. I think that she has a crush on him, but yes, it's more absolutely. of like a schoolgirl crush. It's not like a like a legitimately like I want to date this guy and be his girlfriend crush. Right. You know, right. it's more of just like, oh, he's cute. Like I I kind of like him. Like what a goofball. Like he's nice. He helps me with my studies. And I think Peter is totally oblivious of the fact that what he's doing is uh uh hurtful it, well yeah it's outside of the uh, outside of the comfort zone of yeah. <laughs> of 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 uh having a uh a girlfriend because i think he's yeah. so in love with mary jane that it doesn't even occur to him that he's leading this girl on in any way or that mm-hmm. from the outside looking in it may appear that there is something going on that he may have feelings for her like i i think he's just so stupid and oblivious yeah. that that he he doesn't he doesn't see what we're all seeing and i yeah i think that's what they were trying to go for yeah but, and i get that but it he has to become so oblivious that it almost becomes more cruel by the time we get to like yeah things later down the line that i'm right. like hmm right like if it was just this lady was like really aggressively into him and we had to deal with like a more obvious temptation and and and, and not line. just not just temptation but like just just like miscommunication of like mary hmm. jane walking into uh uh, uh felicia like aggressively being flirting Flirting. with peter and peter not knowing how to handle that because he's never had to handle that ever yeah because even mary jane didn't really flirt with him flirted she flirted with spider-man but not really with peter yeah and peter's never really had like a girlfriend before so like how does he navigate this like scenario he's not familiar with right yeah that makes more sense to me as a choice uh than what they end up doing which is uh, bringing Gwen for no reason and uh, making her kind of a wet noodle. I mean, she's just sort of like there to be a prop for the plot of like making, yeah. giving the giving the boys something to abuse and then cover. Like it's mm. kind of gross. It's kind of gross. The yeah, stuff with Gwen Stacy in this is super gross, honestly. Yeah, it is. What is that test where it's like, uh, Back you know, everyone... Well, no, no, no. Just oh. like every once in a while, like double check. Hey, uh, is the female character, if I, if I replaced her with like a really shiny lamp, would it change very much? And like, hmm, <laughs> hmm, if, if it's, if your character could just oh, no, be a shiny object. Oh, that falling out of that building. <laughs> right. I gotta save that lamp. It's the precious lamp that we all care about, you know, but like, <laughs> does the lamp have opinions or do anything? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then that, Peter that's brings a lamp to a jazz club. <laughs> I think you're gonna really dig this joy. <laughs> Leg lamp. Yeah, that like <laughs> it's it's not quite there, but it's close enough that it makes you go, oh come on, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's... She just doesn't she doesn't register as a person enough. No, no, she doesn't, unfortunately. Um I think I think if she had a little bit more uh if she was just a little more of had more of an aggressive personality. And I don't mean like like, like, oh man, she's ready to bang Peter Parker. No, no, like, no, no. Just, just, just more of like a, like an aggressive, like a faithy, you know, faith from Buffy kind of like yes. aggressive personality. Yeah. I, I think it would be a nice contrast to everything else that's happening in this movie. Yeah. Especially because Mary Jane is feeling so much less confident than she used to be. And that mm-hmm. was like her space. Oh to have man. Somebody... And then if you're wanting yeah. to play with continuity, uh, 
if you're wanting to play with continuity the way they love playing with continuity as far as like ooh what if sandman killed <laughs> killed yeah. uncle ben um, yeah uh what if it like you could you could even still do that but you have flint marco be felicia hardy's dad like that's the original <gasps> oh, thief dude. that was her father yes there we go there we go man and then like the other girl is like like the little sister or something or maybe like even a sister she didn't even know she had the sick sister yeah yeah Yeah. um i don't know anyway i'm just saying like there was a another way that they could have done this i understand that uh sam raimi probably had no interest in felicia hardy the way that he had very little interest in venom until uh alvin Sargent uh broke down what they could do with the character because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he just doesn't have a connection to that era of the comics, so understandable. You know, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna go for Gwen Stacy, and the Gwen Stacy he remembered is kind of a wet noodle, um, <laughs> and and that's that's why Bryce Dallas Howard is uh, kind of a wet noodle, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't blame Bryce Dallas Howard. I think that she's doing the best she can with what she's got, and she yeah. looks great. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, just looks like she walked right out of the comics, which is very impressive um, yeah. from a um, hair and makeup and costuming perspective. Yeah. Like to even get like that color hair. I, I don't know. Let's yeah. just And like yeah, the, the, the sort of like um, uh, slightly heavy eye makeup, not quite mm-hmm. raccoon eyes, but like definitely heavier than like heavier, like eyeliner than you usually see on like everyday. Ladies. Right. Right. Especially in 2007. So it's yeah. just like a slightly throwback vibe to this, like, time and space that we're not sure of that just reminds you of like oh somebody just like drew her with a with ink and brushes like wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's really cool so it's cool you know i again a lot of times when i'm watching this movie i think i would love all of these ingredients in a, a nicer movie like it would be so cool to have seen her be gwen stacy with like more stuff to do or agency mm-hmm. or and you know all sorts of things um I think she's a good choice and she works well with, with um, Toby. So yeah. Yeah. I just don't think that she's a good choice for this, this version of where the story has gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like we're, we're, you made the decision to make this a love story between Peter and, and Mary Jane. And Mm -hmm. there is no third party. Uh, That is, that would be something I feel like you would need to, yeah, that's something you'd have to introduce from the beginning yeah not you know three movies in after we've we've got him settled down into a relationship now you're going to introduce this because now you're making him seem like a bad dude um yes exactly that is like oh maybe maybe uh that girl that i made leave her fiance for me uh maybe maybe i'm not as into her anymore maybe i'm into this one like i don't you know it's that's not what's happening, but it, that's the vibe that they're trying to play. That's the yeah. that's the that's the string they're trying to pluck, and it's mm. it doesn't it doesn't work for this version of this story, you know? Right. Yeah. That being said, like, I've we, said for a long time, I want yeah. I want the the love triangle real bad. Like I like I, a proper one. A yeah. proper for, one. Like Romita's. Yeah. Yeah. Proper yeah. goofy rom com love triangle in a Spider Man movie. Like I want that so bad, uh, <sighs> but this it was this is not the appropriate time to do this um if you were going to do this you would have had to introduce it in the first film uh yeah and you didn't you chose not to so 
now you're not allowed to do it because it it's going to make Peter look like a jerk. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Yeah, it sure is. He made a um, choice. Spe- speaking of jerks, we have the uh the other class tormentor here uh shining uh light in Peter's face, which Is it a light again, or is it like a mirror reflecting? He's got light? a Yeah, he's reflecting light from the, you know, the overhead lights in the classroom right. on this mirror thing into Peter's eyes. Why does he have dentistry equipment? Uh, yeah, see, that's that was my question in this <laughs> physics class taught by a biology he's a, prof. He's a dual major. Yeah, he's just like I just came. He's from. taking he's taking physics so that he knows exactly the right angle to like bang a tooth out of someone's mouth. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and, <laughs> and exactly the right angle to hold this at to blind the right. jerk in class right. or whatever. Um, while we talk about our Hamiltonian function. Why are there so uh, many bullies in this master's class, this graduate I don't class? Know. I don't know, but I know why this bully's there, which is a reflecto guy here with the with the mirror, is Aaron Lamb, who is Sam Raimi's assistant and oh. like one of his best friends that has been there forever. So this is, I guess this was just the like, have, have let my friends have fun in a cameo by doing my favorite thing, which is to torment Tobey Maguire, <laughs> like with physical torments. Uh, there you go, boys, have fun. Um, uh, yeah, so Sam, he was uh, Sam Raimi's assistant for a while in the last like four feature films, and uh, he's become a producer. And uh, he did he did Spartacus, and the last uh, big project he did is he was one of the main producers on Ash versus Evil Dead with Sam Raimi. So. Um, Aaron Lamb, Flecto the Danger Boy, uh, has had quite a career for himself, which I think is pretty great. I don't know. Um, he's good at being uh, like a sneering jackass. So Yeah, he's having so much fun. Um, so <laughs> then we go to uh, Miller's Pawn Shop, mm-hmm. um, which uh, they advertise on the outside of their building. They advertise that they have uh, binoculars and telescopes. Hell yeah, man. That's <laughs> how you know it's a good one. Yeah. Like, because you know what I do in Manhattan with all of this light pollution? I go uh, stargazing yeah. all the time. That's oh, yeah. my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And bird watching in the concrete jungle. I guess you could go to Central Park. But. <laughs> um, so uh, good job making this look like a legit pawn shop. I'll say that. Um, yeah, totally. Like, you know, it's a pawn shop when there's guitars. Like, there's mm-hmm. just always so many guitars in a pawn Like, a pawn shop looks like. It always looks like some combination of a jewelry, music, TV store. Like that's yes, yes. That's what every those pawn are the big shop hitters. Like. Yeah, yeah. So because those are like big ticket items, people don't need anymore, but other people might pay money for. It's always like tubas and brass instruments and stuff, and then a lot of guitars. Yeah, and some some jewelry. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's um, always the tubas because it's always like from high school band. Like yeah. And they're like, well, I'm moving away. I don't need this anymore. Time yeah. to pawn it. <laughs> or or they're like, yeah, no, mom and dad, I'll definitely keep this forever. And then they take it with them to college and sell it so that they can go to a party <laughs> that weekend. Yeah, this is the beer money uh, stop. Yeah. Uh, uh, Got to buy that dirty 30. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and I'm in love with the girl of my dreams. Oh, uh. man. Um, so he's eyeing, he's eyeing the smallest diamond ring. Uh, I've ever seen um, and there's a joke about that later uh, much later but later oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and what I love is that on the window it says that there's layaway plans available and mm-hmm. then the 
pawn shop owner sees him eyeing that ring and then makes a little sign and sets it right <laughs> next to it too because he's like i know you didn't read that sign above the window i know you uh, didn't let me yeah. make this more obvious for you and then we get this dumb little layaway smile like oh thanks cool he's like haha awesome <laughs> ah, oh so yeah silly. good point yeah thanks buddy oh good great yeah it, the anti-subtlety thing again it's almost i mean it is charming i call i'll call it charming it, with the maybe this would function as like a standard scene without the voiceover but the voiceover makes it much more and I'm in love with the girl of my dreams as I stare at this <laughs> ring and they put down the layaway sign. Like, yeah. have we have we gotten the point across? Did you get it? Here, let's do another insert shot of the ring and the layaway sign a second time just to be fully certain that you know that I could buy this ring on layaway. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it's it's all good. Um and then uh, we, we transition to the, uh, the streets of Broadway where we're going to see Mary Jane's play. And um, I, I found a fun little uh, the, the Easter egg here. Uh, when we see the shot of uh, you know, the, the, the street and the theater outside, uh, her play is called Manhattan Memories, which doesn't really mean anything. There's like It's not a real play? It's not a real play. I mean, oh. there was a movie in like the 40s, but that's not a thing. And there was like a jazz album called that, but neither of them are. You know, neither this so this is an original song that we're gonna hear next week. Oh, we're not gonna hear an original song next week, oh. but that'll be fun. Okay. So they made up a name for the play. Uh-huh. But what's fun about the play, you know, fairly generic. <laughs> what's fun about the marquee they made is that they decided to use a very specific font. Mm-hmm. Can you if you pause on that screen, can you guess where the font for Manhattan Memories comes from? It, Does it looks look like it looks like the Fantastic Four font to me. That is 100% what it is. The okay. old school Fantastic Four font, um, which they threw in there because when Spider-Man's first, um, not his first appearance, Amazing, Spider-Man 15, Amazing Fantasy 15, but his first uh, solo book, which was the next thing they did, was his, he had an adventure with the Fantastic Four. Right. So they did the Fantastic Four um, uh, 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 font there. That's yeah. that kind of fun. That yeah. is fun. And yeah. it, it it fits in. I mean, it definitely makes it look sixties ish, which I assume is what they're going for with this logo. Totally. Yeah. So uh, it works out. Uh, Mary Jane third build, so not the star <laughs> of this Manhattan Memories show. Yeah. Uh, That's, uh, these other these other folks here: um, Solomon Abrams and Linda Curtis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Solomon Abrams is uh, an actual real actor. Um, he was in A Simple Plan and The Quick and the Dead. Oh. Uh, he he mostly plays like bar patrons and stuff. So okay. presumably he's a personal friend of Sam's because he doesn't have other like uh, big credits or, okay. or something like that. And uh, Linda Curtis uh, is, I believe, related to uh, Grant Curtis, one of the producers of Spider-Man 3. Oh. Spider-Man, yeah. So okay. just a little... Throw your names in there with old MJ Watson uh, and make her seem less of a star <laughs> of the thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what was uh, Linda's last name in Evil Dead? Oh, I don't know. I could. Uh, I, I'm only. Okay. I looked it up and I'm not. I'm only seeing Linda. Like there's no a, last yeah, name. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Okay. Well, was he working I, with Grant Curtis on that one, too? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Interesting. I don't think um, so. Um, but, I, but I don't. I don't actually know. Um, all right, 
<laughs> that's the that was the, like, just like I was just thinking like well that's another Linda that's like relevant to <laughs> Sam Raimi so maybe that's what it is but yeah maybe that works um, um, but uh, she didn't have a last name so uh, that's all good yeah it tracks maybe maybe Sam uh, maybe Sam was just like sure you can have your wife be the name on here but to me I'll just be imagining that it's Linda for me <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I get something for nothing there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, still for me I like uh-huh. this. Um, this uh, CG uh, Manhattan skyline behind this back lot. Like they did a good job of like blending these two things. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. It feels like the parallax or whatever works, works pretty well. Yeah. And um, looks good. Uh, finally, uh, Peter and Mary Jane figured out this uh, <laughs> comp tickets situation. <laughs> finally. And he, and he showed up on time for once. Yeah, he sure did. Good job, um, buddy. God, why isn't that in the the voiceover? He's like, I show up on time to plays now. <laughs> like, <laughs> punch me, I bleed. <laughs> punch me, I bleed. Oh boy! I still, I still make it to class, and I and I show up on time for plays now. I just love how when he walks up, he says he says Miss Watson left a ticket for me like the way he says it is like almost conspiratorial like yeah yeah which is he just feels so special which you know what peter not about you <laughs> not about you buddy but oh boy that's beautiful they, like there's so much is telling about his like <laughs> how proud he is of the miss watson for me yeah, but he's more. Then, I think he's more like proud of himself. He's more proud of himself for like bagging a girlfriend who <laughs> is opening a play on Broadway. This is his Kevin Federline moment. Is that what this is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Think oh, so. Boy. Oh, oh boy. Peter. Um, oh boy. Yeah. All right. I don't. I don't think we've got anything else. Yeah, that's enough for this today. <laughs> yeah. Um, she got him good seats. She sure did. Front row, man. Dang. Yeah front row not bad um so yeah uh our patreon duelinggenre.com slash support uh if you want to go check out our patreon page uh we'll be doing um you know weekend bugles occasionally uh throughout the season uh so be on the lookout for those uh and along with like all of our like kind of um dueling genre like movie review things uh, you know, a uh, certain movie opened this week, uh, called uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. So if you want to hear yeah. us talk about that, you think uh, we might? Yeah, I think we, I think we might talk about that. So okay. uh, that would be on uh, that would be duelinggenre.com/support. You become a Patreon member for three dollars a month. Three dollars. You're not going to miss that. Just do it and like forget that you did it because you'll never need to remember. Like it's three dollars. Easy peasy. It's so easy. Yeah, three dollars. We don't ask for much. If everyone listening to this (laughs) gave us three dollars a month, man, that would change a lot. (laughs) What a difference that would make. Um, So, uh, so go go do that. Um, I have some ideas about some financial goals in the future that I want to do on uh, Patreon that has to do with this show. So uh, we'll be we'll be talking about those as the season goes along. After I. uh, 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 discuss it more detail with Zach, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're gonna want to become a, a dueling genre patron, I think. So go to duelinggenre.com/support, become a dueling genre patron for three dollars a month, and we will be back on Monday with minute six and our first guest of the season. Bye, bye. <laughs>